from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Yeah, we're, we're going to get Biden's um, proposal this week in the State of the Union on Wednesday. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We're going to get a couple trillion dollars in infrastructure and other. He's, I guess he's calling it human infrastructure, some of this. Um, we'll get a couple trillion of it, most likely, maybe a little bit more, but not all of the stuff that he's proposing. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, along with, as always, Jeff Bookbinder. Now, Jeff, last week, you were not on the podcast. It was clearly not as good as it normally is, but we fought through. The reason you weren't here is you were celebrating your 29th birthday. On the YouTube channel, we are sharing a video of you uh, on your 29th birthday with a bunch of presents. Did you get anything really fun uh, last week? Yeah, I did. Uh, my brother sent me some uh, sports uh, memorabilia for the uh, for the man cave. Royals, Royals and Chiefs. You know, I'm a Kansas City guy, so that'll be fun to. Uh, I got to find a place for it. But that that was probably the best gift. Although I bought myself some barbecue. That was maybe that was the best gift. Now, Huge barbecue fan. Just barber. I mean, we got to get a little deeper. I mean, it's what we do on Marcus Signals, right? We look for signals. Brisket, ribs, pork, wings. What type of barbecue did you buy? Or all burn of end, the above? Yeah, burn ends and brisket from my favorite uh, Kansas City barbecue place. They they ship nationwide, and okay. man, is it good. I'll uh, have to do that. So I bought myself a smoker uh, about a month ago. Traeger, I think is what it is. It's a, I didn't even think we'd talk about this, but hey, this is a live podcast. Um, it's like the lazy man smoker, right? I mean, it control, I can be at the office or wherever and I, I can see on my phone, okay, the meat is at 100, turn it up, turn it down. It's like very, very easy, which is kind of what I like. <laughs> I kind of want to keep it simple and it's got to put it together is the only is the only catch. I know my buddy Jason listened to this podcast sometime. He said he's going to help me put it together. So Jason, this is you. You need to help me put that thing together and we can give some reviews. So Jeff, I think I will definitely um, look into buying some of that brisket. But anyway, good, good stuff there. So overall, Jeff, feel, now that you're 29, uh, you know, joke, joke. I heard you're under the weather a little bit in terms of some injuries and I've got some injuries. We'll talk about well, what's going on with you right now, health-wise. Yeah, we're, we're playing hurt. Um, yeah. I, I, tweaked, I tweaked my ankle somehow. Uh, so I'll probably have to go see a doc here. I, I don't know what happened. It just started to hurt and, um, you know, swell up a little bit. So uh, I'm glad we didn't put a picture of my ankle in the podcast slides. <laughs> it would have been more than anybody wanted to see. But uh, yeah, I'm struggling a bit. Uh, and I know you've got a little back issue right now. Yeah. I mean, I was joking. We could put like a picture of a watermelon or something for your ankle. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I had back issues like six years ago. I had to have back surgery. And when you do that, you're very careful after that. And all of a sudden, my back's been hurting since like Wednesday, maybe. And I'm actually on some prednisone right now to try to kind of knock it out. Um, so we'll just see. I don't know. It feels okay right now. I'm just I like to just lay on my stomach all day. I work all day. I like to just lay on my stomach or stand one or the other. I am sitting in a chair right now. So we'll see if I can fight through this. But it, 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 it's feeling better. It's hurt this morning. I got up. But anyway, Jeff, um, let's kind of get into it. We could just talk all day about, you know, what we're up to all the injuries now we're getting older. But this week in the podcast, we're going to talk about some important things. Valuations, right? Um, our weekly market commentary this week, we take a look at valuations. No doubt about it. Stocks are expensive. But Jeff, you've got some 
some interesting um, takes and angles on, yes, stocks might be ex expensive, but maybe it's not quite the worry that some make it sound. We're also going to talk about capital gains taxes, which last week some reports came out that higher capital gains taxes are coming. Honestly, I'm, I'm shocked. It was a shock to the market, but we're still going to dive a little bit in there. And then the last part, we'll just see how much time's left. There's a couple of different things we want to talk about. The U.S. dollar has started to weaken again. That's been our base case at LPL Research for a while. We'll talk about that. A little economic talk. Uh, earnings have been really strong, so talk a little bit about earnings. And then the Fed is up. Um, so a Fed preview along with kind of whatever else this week catches our attention. So Jeff, we'll start uh, first things first. I'm going to let you talk for a while because you wrote this week's weekly market commentary, which by the time people listen to this podcast, you can go to LPL.com, scroll down just a little bit, and you can find the weekly commentary there. Um, I'll just set the table, Jeff, and hand it over. Stocks are about as expensive as they've been since the late 90s. Tell me why I shouldn't immediately sell and expect a 50% correction like we saw in the late 90s, or well, I should say early 2000s when that was a warning sign. Take it away. Yeah, well, just looking at PE ratios does not give you a complete picture mm -hmm. of whether stocks are uh, overvalued or not. We, we really want to compare valuations to, to interest rates. Uh, and the, the easiest way to understand why is because when you buy a stock, you're buying a, essentially a claim on future earnings. And those earnings are worth more if interest rates are low. So, you know, you're kind of taking it back to your finance 101 class in, in college, right? So, uh, if interest rates are low, that supports higher valuations. And that's what we're seeing now. So what we do, people who are watching on the YouTube channel, uh, we compare the earnings that stocks generate with the earnings that bonds generate. So you know, we don't want to get too wonky, but it's earnings yield versus 10-year yield uh, for treasuries. And you end up with a couple of percentage point benefit, right? Stocks are a couple percentage points uh, cheaper than bonds. Uh, in a sense. So that's called the equity risk premium. Now, you know, a year ago when stocks first cratered, we had uh, about a 5% um, equity risk premium. The, the number now 1.9%, that is still cheaper than the long-term average, right? So even though stock, you know, price to earnings ratios are very high uh, relative to history above the average, uh, when you compare it to bonds, we're actually about a percentage point cheaper than um, the average. So, you know, put interest rates in there and, and we would say valuations are reasonable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, maybe to put a bow on it, then we'll talk a little bit about inflation being low and how that impacts valuations. Stocks might be expensive. Bonds are really expensive. So if you're constructing a portfolio, looking at it, we've been very clear for, I guess, well over a year now. What we've been saying at LPL Research, we think stocks will outperform bonds. We are still in that camp. And again, stocks might be pricey. There's some other ways to look at it in a vacuum, but just compared to bonds, maybe stocks are um, actually still pretty cheap because bonds are really pricey. So Jeff, inflation, I think we've talked about inflation every week for like 15 weeks in a row on this podcast because it's one of the very, very top questions we receive. But we talked, I think it was three weeks ago when we had inflation week, um, why, yes, inflation might go up over three, maybe even three and a half percent sometime this summer because the year, over year, that's CPI, by the way, because the year over year comparisons are so low with what happened last year. But overall, our base case is inflation will still say, stay relatively low as we look out the next couple of years. Um, you know, technology, productivity, the Amazon effect, all of these big picture things are still there. And it's why inflation has been low for over a decade and why we still think inflation will be relatively contained. 
So now I'm going to hand it over to you. What happens, Jeff, historically, and again, on the YouTube channel, you're cheating and you kind of know the answer, but what happens historically when you have low inflation? What do multiples do? Yeah, the lower inflation means higher price to earnings multiples for stocks. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even though uh, inflation is starting to inch higher and it'll continue to go higher uh, over the next several months, we're still in a low infl inflation environment and that suggests higher valuation. So uh, again, for those looking at this uh, at this chart, uh, the, the best uh, inflation readings are sub 2%, right? That's when valuations are high, as long as they're not negative. Uh, but what's interesting here is that even if you go up to two to 4% inflation, you still get on average pretty high valuations. So even if inflation goes above 2%, which it almost certainly will this year, even if it goes to three, uh, that is still a comfortable place um, for higher stock valuations. It's when historically, when you've gotten above 4% inflation, which we don't think we'll see this cycle, that's when valuations start to take a hit. Um, so this is just another way of making the point we just made on interest rates. Lower inflation means higher valuation. Uh, absolutely. And you think about the early 80s, back at that time, we, we look back and say, wow, you know, stocks hit, I'm sorry, multiples hit a single digit back then. Um, and again, yes, they did. But when you also factor in the extremely high inflation we saw in the late 70s and early 80s, it's um, you know kind of more of an apples to apples approach there. You have to consider inflation. So definitely check out this week's weekly market commentary, which takes a look at this. And again, um, I, I mentioned it last week, right? I mentioned three risks and I think I mentioned four positives um, along with Jason Hoodie, who did an excellent job talking about sustainable investing. If you, by the way, if you're remotely invested in sustainable investing, also known as ESG or SRI. There's a couple of different names, so I make a joke about that. Um, listen to last week's podcast. Jason brought some really great things that LPL Research is honestly on the forefront to getting that out there to our advisors and helping our more than 17,000 advisors and helping their clients somehow we're doing that. Um, so anyway, so we did, we did, I did mention last week though, um, potentially, you know, evaluations are one thing that scare us. I knew full well though that Jeff was going to come on this week and talk about it. A little scary, but you know, there's some positives there. So Jeff, let's move forward. Good stuff there. Talking dog jokes. We've done a talking dog joke the last two weeks on this podcast. And you guys seem to have liked them. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I don't know how many more talking dog jokes there even are. Um, but uh, here's here's the first one. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I read it correctly here. So it was in uh, Santa Fe, Mexico. It was in like 1872. This dog walks in a saloon and he sits up right to the bar and he sits down, he puts one paw down and then he, his other arm comes up and he, he's a three-legged dog. He looks right at the bartender and everybody in the restaurant or in the saloon and he goes, I'm looking for the man that shot my paw. <laughs> what do you think, Jeff? Is that a good one? <laughs> oh, I would say it's not at the top of your list. Yeah. I like last week's. I like the roof mantle last week much better. See, that's the thing. I don't think we're, we're at the bottom of the barrel. So I got one more. This might be the end of our dog jokes on the uh, podcast. Unless anybody knows anymore. You guys have sent me a couple. So thank you. Um, why? I can't even say this with a straight face. Why did the dog get caught stealing shingles? Because he wanted to be a woofer. <laughs> Is that one better or worse than the first one, Jeff? Um, it's. 
it's awful, but it's better. Exactly. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like last year. Things were so awful. It actually, was a good buying opportunity for long-term equity investors. Uh, maybe that's uh, kind of the same way to look at that. So anyway, those were our dog jokes, and we'll uh, be quite. Speaking of shingles and woofers, literally, like, so I'm doing this from home today. Like, I think about 10 feet from where I'm standing, we've got some painters like on the second floor of my house painting. I hear them banging on some stuff. So if you hear some banging uh, when I'm speaking, you know it's uh, my painters outside uh, doing some work there. So Jeff, last week on Thursday, right about one o'clock Eastern time, a report came out that higher capital gains taxes were being um, you know supported and likely pushed through and going to be coming out um, from the Obama, um, Obama, wrong one, from the Biden administration. And I guess... I didn't think it was much of a surprise at all. Market seemed to take it as a surprise. I mean, he ran on this. You want to build a little bit on, you know, higher cap gains and why we should have been surprised or what it might mean? I, I think Obama proposed them and it didn't happen. Well, yeah. we got that 3.8% um, Medicare tax. So, uh, yeah, th this this was really interesting because, you know, stocks sold off on this on Thursday, but we already knew this proposal was coming, right? I mean, it... it it shouldn't have moved the market at all, you know, because it was known. But an another reason why it shouldn't have moved the market uh, much, in my opinion, is that we're probably going to get a compromise. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be, you know, 43.4% capital gains tax rate for those, you know, with over a million in income. It's, I don't know where it's going to be exactly, but it could be, you know, high 20s or low 30s. It's So, you know, people who... Um, I mean, it could have been the machines, right? Just reacting to a headline yep. and, um, and and selling off. And then cooler heads prevailed. People looked at that as a buying opportunity. And then what happened on Friday? We got all those losses back. Um, you know, it's it's probably uh, getting more attention right now uh, than it deserves. And the last thing on this, it's not going to happen until 2022. So right. people still have a lot of time left um, you know, whatever the rate goes to, it's not going up for a year or so. You, you got time um, to consider whether you would sell any positions uh, ahead of this for, you know, the next eight months. Yeah, you mentioned the machines. It's almost like if, if, you know, they were caught off guard. Now you know what John Connor was trying to do in Terminator, trying to take out those machines because they shouldn't have been surprised. This should have been extremely priced in. So if you're watching the YouTube channel, but I'll walk you through it. We took a look at some of the most recent times in history that we've seen higher capital gains taxes. And the simple truth is it doesn't seem like it really does too much to stocks if things are in a good trend. For instance, early 2013, there was an increase. Uh, uh, six months later, stocks are up 10%. In um, 1986, uh, October 22nd, 1986, there was another cap gains increase. Six months later, stocks are up 21%. Now you think back to 2013 and, and 1987, the first half of those years, you know, things were pretty good, all things considered. The market was strong, um, obviously very strong, 87, up 40% for the year in, in August. And I know, we know what happened in October of 87, so we're not ignoring that. Don't forget, though, the Fed was actually kind of hiking rates and, and starting to tighten things a little bit in 87, a lot different than now. They weren't doing that in 2013. Uh, but two other times in 76 and 69, we saw higher cap gains and returns uh, six months later were down 6% and 20%. And Jeff, my question to you is, is it as simple as taxes matter? Sure. But if the economy is strong and the Fed is accommodative, maybe we can take it in stride? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, we, you know, we get a lot of questions from our uh, 17,000 advisors about politics. 
Yep. Right. And, and we almost always give the same answer. The business cycle matters more. Profits yep. matter more, right? Sometimes policy can affect profits, but you know, generally uh, you want to disregard a lot of the, the politics when you're making investment decisions. I think it's the same thing here. Now, mm-hmm. higher capital gains tax rates do negatively impact expected after-tax returns. Yep. So you for stocks, right? So you don't want to completely dismiss this, but um, you know, I, I saw that over the weekend that something like only 25% of equities are even in taxable accounts. Right. Right. And then we're only talking about, um, you know, incomes of a million and up, which narrows the playing field here for people who are affected. So this is probably getting uh, more attention than it deserves. And I think the market's getting this right, right? The S&P 500 is, is at an all-time high as we speak. No, (laughs) that's a good way to put it. The market is the one that's talking. The market, we call this market signals for a reason. That's the signal as we're recording this, we're pretty much at all time highs. Um, So again, higher taxes, higher capital gains taxes, higher corporate taxes, all of these things, they shouldn't be a surprise. And the initial number that you see float, maybe just floating out there in the media uh, to get it out there, that's the initial salvo. Right. There's going to be some back and forth, just like the corporate tax rate, which is a 21 percent, 28 percent was proposed. We likely think it comes in closer to 25. A lot of these, um, uh, at least with cap gains, um, you know, up, up over 40 percent potentially for the wealthiest people in America. That's likely going to be fairly significantly lower when all is said and done. But, hey, it's something that obviously you guys have been asking us a lot about and higher taxes clearly are something that um perks people's interest. So we'll continue to talk about it, but it sure doesn't look like it does much historically as it became um, as it pertains to stocks, which is kind of surprising, honestly, but that's the truth. That's the market signal. Now, Jeff, you didn't see this one coming. Um, we lost another one this week, Shock G, the Humpty Dance. Now on the YouTube channel, I've got a picture of Shock G with Jeff's face on there. Jeff, have you ever done the Humpty Dance? I, I don't believe I have. I do that's know how you song. hurt your ankle. You're lying. Come on. A birthday party a little while. I can assure you that that is not how it happened. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I just, I don't know, just we've lost a lot of good people. Um, and I tell you, the Humpty Dance is always my wife's like favorite song. Anytime you go to a wedding or something, she's always the one asking to play that. She thinks it's a great song. So anyway, sorry to shock G. That's a, another good one lost too early. And a great song. Um, so Jeff, now this is the last part, and this is kind of, we'll just call this a smorgasbord. You know, I'm just going to bounce around. I threw some charts in here. We're going to talk about some things. But, you know, the truth is, if we have higher taxes, we probably are going to have a little bit of a hit to potential earnings um, that happen, you know, in the future, in 2022, for instance. I know our friends at Strategus had a report uh, over the weekend, or maybe late last week, that, you know, 14% earnings ex- expected growth in next year, 2022, if all of President Biden's higher taxes uh, come through, which, again, we don't think they will, that could drop to 4%. All right, now likely it's going to be more like 9 or 10% when you get in the middle after the sausage is made. But Jeff, maybe build on a little bit of that, but also this earning season, that's only about a quarter of the way done. It's been unbelievable. All right, so those numbers all might be higher <laughs> so that I just mentioned since we're getting better numbers literally every hour. Want to talk about earnings, how good it's been? Uh, just amazing how good it's been. I mean, we, you know, we talked on this podcast a couple weeks ago that yeah. Maybe we'd, we'd see 30% earnings growth uh, for the S&P 500. Expectations at that time were 24%. So, you know, 6% is good upside. That's above average. Yeah. Um, we've already generated 10% upside, and we're only 25% of the way done. So that is 
I mean, similar to what we've seen in the last few quarters, we thought that analysts would catch up, right? We thought that expectations uh, would be more aligned with reality, uh, but they're not close yet, right? And not only have we gotten this huge amount of upside uh, to earnings expectations, uh, but we've also seen estimates move higher. You know, you mentioned 22, 2022 estimates. Um, they've gone up a little bit. 2021 estimates have gone up a little bit. Um, that is not what you typically see, right? Estimates typically come down a little bit uh, during earnings season, but this is a really nice string of three straight quarters where we see estimates rise. It's still early, but uh, really, really great earnings momentum. And why does that matter? Because stocks get cheaper when earnings get stronger. And so, you know, we said in our outlook, actually, our 2021 outlook that we wrote five months ago, uh, that we expected stocks to grow into their valuations, right. right? And that's indeed what's what's happening here. Higher earnings means a lower PE. Yeah, and that's that's something I don't think a lot of people realize. PE multiples since start of the year is actually lower, right? I mean, just this by a little bit, but again, PEs went up a lot late last year. But still, some amazing stats I thought just building on the earnings that I saw from FactSet at the start of the year, first quarter earnings we expected to be up about sixteen percent. And as you can see here, about 34% is the expected number, um, you know, just a couple of months later. Truly, truly amazing. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about revenue for a second. Revenue up 7.4%. I believe it was expected to be up maybe 6%. So doesn't sound like a big beat, but on a percentage basis, that's a really big beat. But technology, which is, hasn't reported a lot, let's be honest, a lot of technology names are coming. Technology is up like 16% for revenues. That's a big group that matters. You want to talk about revenue and technology revenue? Yeah, stronger uh, revenue growth for technology. You know, there was, of course, a little bit of a lockdown in Q1 of 2020, but only a couple of weeks. And so essentially it was a normal tech quarter. We didn't have the massive, you know, again, I'm, I'm talking about a year ago, we didn't have the massive work from home spend uh, that we got in Q2. And so for tech to grow earnings 16% off of that Q1 2020 is really impressive uh, you know and we're even now seeing maybe a slowdown in some of the work from home uh, stay at home spend because you know the economy of course is reopening uh, it's not a tech company but you know Netflix seeing slow sure. you know, slower subscriber growth is an example right uh, we're going to hear from more of the big techs this week uh, and, and we'll see if we're seeing a slowdown at all uh, as the economy reopens but you know tech you got to be really really impressed with that Revenue growth, if, if if the sector can deliver it, of course, very few tech companies have re reported thus far. No, exactly. And depending on the day you look and the source, but anywhere between 84 to 86% of all the companies that have reported so far have beaten their earnings estimates. That would be the highest number ever. And they're beating by an average of 23.6% which again, only a quarter of the way done, but that would again be the highest beat rate ever, which is amazing because two weeks ago, right now on this podcast, you know, it was expected to be, I think up like 24 and a half percent. We'll just call it 25, close enough for government work. And Jeff, you said, you know, I think we can get to 30. You know, you, you, you were optimistic and it's like, here we are now, we're talking, you know, 34% first quarter earnings. So really, really impressive. Um, no doubt a lot of different words we can use. We'll just go with really impressive. And again, it justifies in so many ways why stocks are at or near all time highs. It's so good, oh, Ryan, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna have to redesign our earnings dashboard because it's gonna be off the scale, right? We yeah. only had 40%. It's gonna go 50 north north of 50 next quarter. Wow, that's a good point. Wow, that's amazing. You're right. That is amazing. And literally, Jeff, 
I'm looking at my window to the right and I see a, um, a, a ladder and I see people. So <laughs> maybe I'll have them come on and talk about how the, how the, how the painting business is to stay at home. Everybody's painting or something there. Now my dog is starting to bark at him. So we got a lot of action in the Dietrich household. Although my wife knows keep the dogs quiet. So she's probably yelling at him as we speak. Um, one month lows in the U S dollar, Jeff, uh, we've been dollar bears for a long time. Right. I mean, well over a year here at LPL Research, we've had bounces and we keep thinking that dollar is going to go lower. Uh, Jeff, you know, kind of tell me we're getting near the end of the podcast and we could talk about this stuff all day because we're kind of like you said, you said the word geeky earlier. Uh, we are geeks about this. Why is why, why are we in dollar bears? Why do we think the dollar will keep going lower here? Yeah, the, the main reason is because of the uh, trade and budget deficits. Um, that long term relationship, there's. There's typically a year or two lead time in this relationship uh, or lag time, I guess I should say. But as uh, and we know that the budget deficit is being you know blown out. Um, and so as the deficit widens, that tends to put downward pressure uh, on the dollar a year or two later. You, those of you watching can see that uh, on this chart. So I think we're adding something like 10 percent to that to the twin deficits this year. I mean, year to date, um, or you know, based on um, the latest forecasts, that is a huge downward pressure on on the dollar. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about when President Biden won, right? We said, you know, higher taxes, which again, shouldn't have been a shock last week, higher taxes, more regulation. Those are supposed to be kind of weak dollar policies. We've got a very dovish Fed. We'll talk about the Fed here, I think probably next. Fed still dovish. All of these things suggest a lower trending U.S. dollar. And Jeff, if someone were to construct a portfolio and they wanted to, you know, beat the market, if you think the dollar is going to keep going lower, which we do, um, which groups should potentially benefit the most from a weak U.S. dollar? Yeah, well, non-U.S. stocks um, and commodities, I think, would be the best places to look. Uh, yeah. you, you know, a weaker dollar for U.S. investors pushes up, you know, returns for international uh, investments, and it tends to put upward pressure on uh, commodity prices as well. Now, if you look longer term, a weaker dollar is not as good for international investments because of the impact on exports. Right, it makes exports out of Europe more expensive um, right. when the dollar uh, weakens, and so there's there's a little bit of a uh, you know short term long term thing going on there. But at least in the short term, uh, weaker dollar good for non U.S. and commodities. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, commodities haven't done well for a while, and all of a sudden they are really doing well. Corn is breaking out, grains are breaking out, oil's near highs. Gold struggled, but it's starting to pick up a little bit. Silver is more consolidating. We've talked a lot about the industrial metals, which are just a straight from the bottom left to the upper right-hand corner, 45-degree um, higher prices. Copper is one of our favorite um you know, looking metals here uh, just continues to be really strong. And that weak issue US dollar should continue to support those uh, materials and industrials. Also, maybe two groups historically can do a little bit better if a weak uh, US dollar. So, Jeff, let's move forward here. Um, emerging market economies losing GDP growth um, superiority over developed markets. You talked about this with our advisors last Thursday. Uh, we do a weekly call, I'm sorry, a daily call every single day. Um, you know, tell tell me a little bit about what you see from GDP as you look at EM versus developed here. Yeah, so you know, one of the reasons historically to like emerging markets, which is mostly China, uh, is because you know the GDP growth was so strong 
in comparison to the GDP growth that, that we are seeing in you know, Europe, Japan, and the US. Well, yep. that gap has closed. Uh, so in fact, you know, US is probably gonna outgrow emerging markets in terms of GDP this year. Maybe not China, but emerging markets broadly. Um, and then, you know, even Europe, which is struggling with the virus and is probably gonna see a double dip recession this quarter based on consensus forecasts, even Europe might grow close to, to EM. You know, maybe it's gonna be like five wow. to four or five and a half to four, something like that mm -hmm. based on con current consensus. So the, you're not really getting a growth premium uh, buying emerging markets. Now, you know, we still like emerging market stocks more than developed international, just because again, Europe is struggling so much. Actually now Japan is struggling with the virus. Right, too. right. But it's just not as clear cut when you compare the economic growth outlooks. Oh, absolutely. So we'll, we'll dive more into that. I mean, we, we want to try and wrap this podcast up fairly soon. Um, I'm going to talk about that. So I do get my second shot this week on a YouTube channel. You can see I've got the Dietrich whiskey there. <laughs> That's not the shot I'm talking about. Um, so we'll see my backs. Like I said, my back's already hurting. I remember when I got the first shot, my back, uh, my back hurts. So I'm, I'm a little worried how that'll do. Now, Jeff, you got your second shot a week ago. How'd you do? Yeah, I did well. I don't think it's connected to my ankle problem. Um, yeah, good point. I got really tired, and my wife got hers uh, Saturday, her second shot. Same thing. Got really tired, but <clears throat> you know, no fever, no no aches and pains uh, okay. related to that, which was good. No, good. Yeah, like I said, so I'm doing the Moderna one tomorrow, which will be Tuesday. I think it. 11.50. So 11.50, I'll get the shot. My wife got her second one last week, and I think she got it on Friday. It was maybe it was Thursday. She did spend the most of the next day in bed, just kind of sleepy, like you said, tired. Yeah, definitely. Thursday shot, Friday, bed day. But by Saturday, she was up, up moving along. So we'll see. Although, like I said last time, I'm a pretty big baby when it comes to a lot of things, <laughs> specifically pain. <laughs> so I'll probably, yeah, don't expect much out of me on Wednesday at work, Jeff. That's what I'm saying. So pick up this, pick it up for me. Will you? <laughs> I owe you. Um, so Jeff, this week, um, you know, lots of things going on. I mean, earnings are huge. We already talked about that. Consumer confidence comes out. I think it's on Tuesday, expected to continue to climb as people are more confident. So we're not going to talk too much about those two because we already did on one of them. Um, I'll talk about the Fed a little bit, Jeff, then let you talk about GDP if that's all right. So the Fed is up. Um, on Wednesday with the Fed policy, uh, widely expected to be a non-event, probably a snoozer, I believe is the tactical or the technical word we'd like to use here. We kind of already know what the Fed is up to. We talked about Jerome Powell, the guy's on 60 Minutes, more than I think the anchors are on 60 Minutes anymore half the time. Uh, we know what the Fed's up to. The one thing that we kind of kicked around this morning on our morning call with our advisors was our friends up in Canada, Bank of Canada, have actually started to taper their asset purchases. We don't expect the U.S. to do that, but Bloomberg had a report this morning that said a lot of economists, I think about half the economists or so they polled, say by about the fourth quarter of this year, the U.S. might start to taper uh, the asset purchases. We don't don't expect the Fed to announce that now. They might do it uh, in late August in Jackson Hole. Uh, but still, that's one thing to be aware of. But it probably will be a snoozer. Jeff, GDP, though, that might be a little more fireworks on Thursday morning. What do you think will happen with GDP number on Thursday? That's kind of a big highlight this week. Yeah, it's going to be big. Uh, consensus is around 5.5% for the first quarter. Uh, and uh, some economists are thinking maybe north of 6 possibly as much as seven to eight percent. Um, the Atlanta Fed has a GDP tracker where they feed in the data, you know, the weekly and monthly data that they have during the quarter ahead of those releases. And they're saying eight 
that that does tend to run a little hot, but uh, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh, something uh, in the neighborhood of seven based on the strong data we've seen in recent weeks and just the pace of the vaccine rollout and, and the reopening. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll probably definitely do, we'll definitely probably do a review of what the Fed was up to in the GDP number and, and earnings, honestly, uh, next week when we do the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. So thanks to everyone who continues to listen to this podcast. If you like it and want to give us some help, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a positive review. It goes a long way to continue to build uh, the LPL brand and get this podcast out there. And, um, you know, to my guys painting my house right outside, I hear them banging around on stuff. So hopefully they do a good job. Uh, Jeff, any final comments when we, um, right before I bring us home? Yeah, we're, we're going to get Biden's um, proposal this week in the, I guess, State of the Union on Wednesday. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We're going to get a couple trillion dollars in infrastructure and other, you know, it's he's I guess he's calling it human infrastructure. Some of this um, we'll get a couple trillion of it, most likely, maybe a little bit more, but not all of the stuff that he's proposing. Uh, absolutely. I did see some highlights. Well, highlights is the wrong word to use. Some notes this morning that came across that um, Manchin, the uh, Democratic um, senator who holds a lot of sway in the Senate, he said he does not want to use reconciliation uh, with infrastructure and wants bipartisan support to focus only on infrastructure. So <laughs> we're a long way away on that, but uh, more, more to come. We'll talk about it. So, uh, Jeff, thanks as always for joining us. Neil, thanks as always, our producer, helping us make this the very best podcast and video that we can. With all that, everybody, enjoy your week. There's a lot of stuff going on. We'll be back next week to talk about all of it, assuming I'm not a big baby and I survived my second shot, which I plan on doing. So we'll see everybody next week. Take care. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving an investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.